are the people I truly serve. Salmons, this is Year Zero. Today, I have the great Pete Quinones on the show. I invited Pete to jump on with me and discuss the multi-front war against the cathedral and how we should engage in different areas of our life. But before we get into that, remember, all us podcast hosts are out there fighting this propaganda war, and we need your support. If you can donate $1 to $2 a month, you can go to my PayPal. That would be paypal.me forward slash Tommy Salmons, or donate to Pete or Scott the Libertarian Institute, antiwar.com, wherever you can help, it is necessary. Also, go to your favorite podcast player and rate and review, man. Five stars is all we need. We need to jump up the charts so that we can continue to get the word out and fight these guys. So, enjoy the show. Okay, I am here with Mr. Pete Quinones. A name hey, Tommy, I, what's going on, man? It's a name my wife can finally say. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> I, I want to hear her pronounce it in her accent. That would be awesome. I sent you the recording. You didn't hear it? Did I? I can't remember. Uh, I must. I, I, I may have been altered. You, you may have. You may have. <laughs> we agreed that she's at least better at Scott, better than Scott. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, I've been I've been following your Substack, and um, I'm going to move this microphone back a little bit. I feel like it's a little too close. Uh, I'm going to uh, I've been following your Substack, and you know you've you've mentioned that the this fight we have ahead of us is uh on on multiple fronts so i wanted to get you on here to kind of get into some of the details of the fronts i have some ideas i have a not really notes but i have some outlines of of things that i think are important that that people need to look at and um and so i just want to get your get your thoughts on it but i want to start off letting you explain your your change of mentality between the end of 2019 going into last year and then coming back into 2021 and, and how things in your head changed and what you realized. I mean, I just realized that we had gotten to a point where, you know, we all knew that the government was capable of doing what they've done in the last 10, 12 months, but they just hadn't implemented it yet. And once I started seeing it getting implemented, it was time for a change. Um, I, I had it in my head that if you want to be a libertarian, you know, libertarians are very um, cordial and very nice. And, you know, you, you don't step, you, you don't 
talk shit and step out of line, things like that. And then I just realized that, well, I mean, <laughs> if that's the way you act, if that's the way everyone's acting, well, I mean, you haven't done anything to stop tyranny or you know, most people I see online who consider themselves to be libertarians and consider themselves to be anarchists or whatever. Um, they don't seem to act that way. They don't seem, they seem to be normal people, you know, former military kind of people for people who you know, maybe grew up a little rough like I did. And I just don't think that, I think the message has to be something that normal people can relate to. And having this, you know, this um, uptight and bow tie, you know, suit wearing kind of libertarianism or whatever you want to call it nowadays, um, just well, it doesn't seem like it was doing anything. So I just decided to be myself. And um, yeah, so what you've been hearing for the last twelve months is me, yeah. is who I am, who I grew up, who I uh, grew up like, who you know, my wife married, who you know, she's known me for a long time, almost two decades now. And, you know, she listened to the show when I first started and she's like, well, you sound very civil because um, I'm not a civil, very civil person. Most of the time, most of my language is peppered with, you know, cursing and you know, implied threats of violence to people who are threatening violence against me. And I mean, just decided to uh, well show everybody who I am. And, um, you know, I, I think it's cost me some people. It's cost me some listeners. It's cost me some supporters. That's for sure. Um, but it's gonna. It's who I am, and I'm not gonna hide it anymore. Because I mean, we are, we are at war right now. If people do not realize that the government has declared war on the people, and that specifically with this new administration, with this new um, regime, um, they've declared war on basically half the country, and half of the country that I look at and I'm like, well, these are normies that they've declared war on. So how do they feel about me? Yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty much where I'm at. Yeah, no. And I agree with you. And you know what? Like, I don't, uh, the, the people, I, I said this to Michael Heiss the other day on Twitter, um, because I, I've been paying attention to the criticisms of Maj, the criticisms of myself, the criticisms of Dave, the criticisms of Eric July. And I'm like, man, this is a cultural split in the Libertarian Party. Like, people don't understand, like, when you come from a background like I come from, and I've worked some of the hardest jobs there are out there, okay? I went from oil field to military, uh, uh, airborne infantry, back into the oil field, and now I'm a truck driver. Like there, this is like no holds barred. You know, they, this is, we, we live a very rough life, you know? And so when we see somebody who's, who's getting all offended about words or um, the way people uh, hold themselves, it, to me, it just, it's, it's definitely a culture thing. It's almost like a waspy upper, upper middle class kind of culture that's invaded a very blue collar ideology or philosophy, however you want to look at it. Sure. I mean, most of the libertarians, I mean, libertarians get this idea, um, have this reputation of being, you know, oh, you just want because you're rich and you want, I'm, it's like, I don't, how many rich libertarians do I know? I mean, I know a few, mm -hmm. but that's it. 
Mm-hmm. You know, when I go to a, if I go to a conference where I start hanging out with people, this solidly middle class people, for the mm-hmm. most part, there are some people there who, you know, they have some money, but they're not as wealthy as you would think. I mean, everybody wants, it's like, oh, everyone's the Cokes or something like that. It's like, well, I mean, <laughs> how does that work? But um, yeah, I just don't, you know, and I know that it's turned some people off, you know, and I left the the Mises Caucus early in, in 2020 when I saw everything that was happening. And I shouldn't have, I should have stuck it out with them and, um, you know, even with every everything that happened um, during the year, I should have stuck it out with them. But I'm back with them now. I've been back with them for you know for a couple months, mm-hmm. and I'm solidly in their camp and everything. And I still have people. There are still people in the caucus who are just like, we don't like the way people. We don't like the way Pete talks anymore. We don't like the way he writes. We don't like the way he acts. And I really just don't care. Right. You know. I mean, I just don't care. It's not. I mean, I don't get this. You know. I mean, <laughs> we're we're literally literally at war i mean i I shared something today on my sub stack where politico there's an article in politico talking about well if we have all these insurgents in the country then maybe they should take uh they should look at the way ulysses s grant dealt with them yeah dealt with insurgents and i'm like really Mm -hmm. is that where you want to go okay so a bunch of people stormed the capitol and as far as i know I've heard that maybe one had a gun that one of the people who went in there had a gun, which is like less than, or is like out in plain view in my house right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, uh, there's at least two out in, in plain view in my house. There might be three. I don't know. And <laughs> I mean, that's an insurgency. Oh, there were pipe bombs. There were this, there were that. Yeah. Okay. Show me. Yeah. Prove to me there were pipe bombs there. I don't care. I don't care who's saying, Oh, there were pipe bombs there. Oh, I'm going to believe the press. Mm-hmm. The same people who like lie lie you into wars in Afghanistan and lie you, you know, weapons of mass destruction. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm supposed to believe you know, if they're lying about weapons of mass destruction in Iraq, I'm supposed to believe weapons of mass destruction in the capital. And then when you look and you see that they've what they're created a red zone where there's going to be like a permanent fence around the capital. I mean, we're it's literally turning into a banana republic yeah i asked it's uh, like i had ryan yeah. on i had ryan on the podcast the other day and i was like what what is this rwanda like what the fuck man yeah you know I mean, it, it it's awesome I, but it's it's good because it, it the mask is has come off a lot of people can see them for what they are now. I mean, there are still a lot of people on the left who think they're part of the French resistance and they're fighting, they're still fighting Nazis and everything. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this is the cathedral's work. This is, I mean, this is why I'm thoroughly 100% behind burning down the cathedral, you know, mm-hmm. just basically, you know, go, go the, the Norwegian black metal scene and just start burning things down. And <laughs> I mean, I mean, <laughs> I do not understand anymore how um, people who want to take on the mantle of libertarian, or I mean, even if they want to, even if they just want to have share the same kind of values that like the founders had. Right. It's like, I mean, the founders, that whole meme about, you know, George Washington, we'd be stacking bodies by now. Yeah. It's, (laughs) I mean, I wish I could go back to 1776 and live, or 1770, and live in that America. Do you realize how much more freedom and liberty they had than us? Yeah, I mean, it was. 
yeah i mean it'd be nice to have the technology but um you know still you're the the um, the level of liberty they had is makes they lived like anarchists compared yeah. to what we to, to the way we live right now absolutely well um that 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 brings us on to one of the um one of the bullet points i wanted to talk about is confidence okay and when i'm talking about confidence i'm talking about the uh average person's confidence in the government in the media in what's going on around them i've had more people in the last month contact me more normies contact me going wait what the fuck is going on what what is what is fucking happening you pay attention to this shit what's what's happening and i mean i i just tell them i'm like subscribe to free man beyond the wall subscribe to my podcast subscribe to my Substack, subscribe subscribe to your Substack. we're talking about this stuff constantly and i just break it down for them they they've gone insane they're they're scared they're terrified and you know the 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 comment that really as far as I'm concerned, that really opened my eyes to how scared they are was when Brennan came on and was talking about libertarians and nativists and fascists all being extremists, you know? And it's like, oh, okay, I see what this is. Anything, so so basically anything else that has just continues to fly in the face of the message the sermon of the cathedral then you're not going to you're going to label us extremists you know so the confidence in the narrative that's coming out when they are labeling the what has always been considered patriots and this isn't new they've been doing this since the 90s they've been going after the militia movements and this that and the other now they've moved the target onto the average everyday person that believes in, you know, patriotic America. And it's a, it's a big opening for people like you and me to connect with, with your average everyday apolitical person that is waking up. How do you feel about the, the comments that Brennan made? When Brennan made those comments and he mentioned libertarians, I was like, I wish I, I, I wish we had some radical libertarians. I mean, we do. We do. There are some. There are some, but they hide it because, you know, there's you. What do you do? You the lone nut. That's the way you always get painted. I mean, you have to have some kind of coming together. Um, you know, there are a lot of radical libertarians out there, but I mean, you can see just by going on social media that there are a lot of people who are screaming for liberty who don't believe it. I mean, they just they're more worried about pronouns and, you know, whether, you know, whether myself or Dave Smith or Tom Woods is talking to a, a quote unquote racist on our podcast that takes precedent over anything the government's doing. I mean, the government is basically saying, OK, so. We have these people on the right. They need re-education. Um, we need to get control of their kids um, so that they're not brought up with these thoughts. And basically by any means necessary. Right. And, you know, but hey, you know, you have some libertarians who are just like, I mean, yeah, Dave and Peter are going to have Hotep Jesus on their podcast and Hotep Jesus is a racist. Then it's like, oh, well, you know, I, hey, maybe that's the focus. Maybe, maybe they think that if they do that, the government will, you know, ignore them 
or like them or leftists will like them, but they won't. They won't unless you become them, unless you succumb, unless you, you know, you know, what did Sam Hyde say? Oh, another evil guy. Um, so the left wants you, you dead, your children raped, and they're going to laugh while they're doing it. Yeah. And that is the left. I mean, that, that is the left in this country. Maybe not the neoliberal center, but that left that is like the loudest on social media and is really starting to take over the, the messaging that's coming out of um, Biden's administration. Don't get, don't get it wrong. They want you dead. Right. Uh, they'll settle. They'll settle for your, you know, they'll settle for your surrender, but they'll be happy with you dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so well, I mean, that's, the, that's the way I look at it now. Well, and this, this adds to the, the lack of confidence in, in the system, in the cathedral, because people are saying, wait, you're embracing these radicals over here that have been burning down cities for almost a year now. And, and you're embracing them to, in order to combat, you know, former military, you know, veterans, you know, your everyday blue collar construction worker, um, you're killing 10,000 jobs on a pipeline, no matter what you think about the Keystone pipeline, you, you know, like these, this, this is opening people's eyes up to the fact that these people aren't our friends and they're not on our side. And then they start talking about putting people on blacklists. And now they're talking about a reality czar, or as I like to call it, a priest or a shaman. And so like people are, are, the white pill of this entire conversation is that this is red pilling so many people, not to mention wall street bets, red pilling the hell out of people when it comes to the financial markets. So as far as I'm concerned, it's, it is, is day is as scary as it is to look and say, Oh shit, the CIA is after me because of what I say and what I produce. It's, it's also a huge white pill to know that, my children and my children's friends, parents, and all these people are seeing the veil pulled off of them. And these people are exposed for the blood-soaked monsters that they actually are. Well, one thing that people have to do is when they get their, they have to get their messaging together when, when they're pointing this stuff out. Um, one of the worst things that you can do, and it's probably the most blue-pilled thing that you can do, and libertarians do it, and conservatives love to do it. They're still stuck on this. Trumpers love to do this. It's like, well, you see how inconsistent they are. They had people out there rioting less. This isn't about inconsistency. This is about an agenda. Mm-hmm. This isn't that they go, that they see rioting in the streets last summer, and they're like, oh, that rioting's good. But when the right way, no, that, that's not it. It's not good and bad. Mm-hmm. It's useful. Mm-hmm. It's what is useful for my agenda. It's agenda driven. So pointing out, I mean, pointing out people's inconsistencies nowadays is like the most blue pill thing you can do. And it doesn't work. I mean, it doesn't work on a grand scale. The only thing that works on a grand scale at this point is you're going to have to change the narrative. You're going to have to hijack the narrative. And the only, the only way to do that is to point out the fact that the press, academia, um, and now big tech, they all have an agenda. They're all on the same page. And it's not a coincidence. Yeah. yeah. If you hear the press, if you hear the corporate media 
corporate academia and corporate big tech all having the same message that's planned. That is, it's not a coincidence and it is an agenda. And the only way that you can destroy agendas is you have to change them. You have to, you have to have better messaging Mm -hmm. and the messaging at this point should be, I mean, I don't know. I like these people want us dead. Yeah. These people would like to see us dead because of the what, what we believe, how you know people want to raise their children to not believe this stuff, um, how they want to teach people that you know Joe Biden isn't even a really a Democrat. He's more like a centrist Republican. I mean, th- there's one to throw at people. I mean, even the right hears that and they're like, <gasps> no, that's exactly what it is. He's a neo. He's in the neoliberal center. I mean, he's not like you know. It's like um. I forget. I think it was Michael Malice or Dave was saying that, um, you know, by Sean Hannity calling Nancy Pelosi far right, I mean, far left, that it's just, you know, calling them socialists. It's like, that's insane. You have to call them out for what they are. They're the neoliberal center. They're the ones who want wars. The far, far left, we have more in common with in that we think that we most a lot of those people are see the wars for what they are, um, see the neoliberal center for what they are. So, I mean, there is a far left messaging coming out of the cathedral, but that they don't believe it. It's just useful at this time. Well, it's, and the, it's, it's not it's not the message of class, which right. I you know, I have some friends that are anarcho syndicalist. And uh, one of them in particular, he messaged me. I added him to one of our chats of a bunch of anarcho-communists, I mean, anarcho-capitalists, uh, because he's like, what is happening to the left? I don't even recognize the left anymore. And, you know, I was keeping him up to date with the whole Wall Street bets thing and letting him know what was happening there. And he was like, man, I want to join your group. He goes, because I don't feel at home with these leftists anymore. Because all they're worried about is identity. None of them worried about class. None of them talk about class anymore. And, you know, he's a, he's an open-minded guy. And, you know, that's good to hear because the, the point, our message, the point of our message is, do you hate the state, right? It's not, what is your ideological alignment? It's, do you hate the state? Right now we have an enemy right in front of us. And I don't have the time to be giving purity tests to somebody on how libertarian they are whenever we have the cathedral standing right in front of us declaring war on us and if you're not if you're not engaged in this war you need to get out of the damn way yeah and and that's the whole thing is the libertarian party is is why it has to be taken over Mm. because as long as they have that name libertarian it screws everything up when they're just being leftists when they're just acting like social justice warriors or whatever. I mean, right. There are some real social justice warriors out there who actually believe that stuff. Most of them, I don't even think believe that. I think they just use it as a power mechanism, as a control mechanism to, you know, basically take control over people's lives. But Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a numbers game now. I mean, the people in the libertarian party, it's gone so left and, you know, it's been proven that Nicholas Sarwak, the former, the former chair um, did that on purpose. He's always um, the whole time he was in there, he was protecting even the quote unquote libertarian socialists who were in there. Right. Uh, people who don't believe in the non-aggression principle or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
So, yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things we have to take over and it's all messaging. I mean, that's all it is. I mean, it's all it comes back to. It's about messaging. It's about what's coming out of your mouth. It is about it is about what's coming out of your pen, what's coming out of your keyboard. I mean, all of that is so important now when I write something, when I record something, I'm so careful about what's going out there because I just don't want any fluff out there. I don't want any bull out there. I want it to be a solid message of what is going on today. And if people do not see the danger in the language coming from the cathedral and, you know, and I'm one of those people who it took a while for me to believe this because it's, you know, it goes against everything that we believe, but I'm one of those people who believes that academia, the press, and now big tech, they're not promoting the government, what the government wants. They're controlling the narrative and the government is following what they want. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's something that, you know, that Yarvin really nails is mm-hmm. that it's not even the, the government's not doing what they want. They're doing what, what these power, the most powerful groups in the nation, the tech, tech, um, the press and academia. I mean, they are so powerful. What does Thaddeus Russell say he's going to talk about in his, ne- in his next book on foreign policy, that pretty much every war of the 20th century was planned in the halls of academia. And he's going to prove it. Yeah, and that's that's all you need to know. Mm-hmm. If if that's what's happening, if if that is in fact true, and he can prove it, it's all you need to know that the government is really not is well. I mean, they have the guns, they have all the, they are a threat. But you know, I think Bob Murphy also does a really good job of saying that public opinion really sways politicians. That you will see, you know, you see these sways all the time. You know, he. I think his coverage of Chaz, the Chaz chop thing in Seattle was probably the best coverage I saw because he really made the point and nailed it down that that would not have happened if the people didn't want it to happen. It yeah. wasn't like the politicians were like, we're just going to let this happen. So the people were like, well, you know, hey, Leo, let's do let's let them do this. You know, I, I don't know why. I don't know what is in the water or in the you know, diseased minds of people that live in Portland, a lot of the people who live in Portland and Seattle and places like that. But apparently they want things like that. They want chaos. They don't, you know, it's just, I don't know. You know, it's, I just think that we have to, everything's about agenda. Everything's about narrative. And if you're not concentrating on that, you're just losing, you're losing. And and, and that's why Trump lost. He mm-hmm. didn't concentrate on that. And his people didn't concentrate on that. And then they fell for that whole QAnon sense. I mean, <laughs> talk about the opiate of the masses. It's like, of course, if you think there's going to be some white knight who's going to ride in, you're going to you're going to sit back and you're not going to do anything. I mean, you're not going to do anything anyway. If you're if you're on the right, you're not. I mean, you're just going to you know vote harder next time. But, you know, still, you know, it, there was a chance that maybe Trump could have woken some people up and you could have seen an actual movements of people saying, look, we're not going to put up with this and we're threatening violence. Yeah. We're going to, th- we're willing to threaten violence in large masses. If you don't open these businesses back up, but nope, Q on, you know, we got Q Q's there. He's going to save us. I mean, Biden's Biden's president now. 
And there are people who are in the Q camp who are actually saying that Trump is still the president. That this is like there's this whole secret thing where everyone in like Congress got like um, secretly charged and convicted and that that fence it has them on house arrest around the capitol <laughs> and trump is still the these people are delusional <laughs> delusional i mean and they want and they would love to make fun of people i mean to me believing that is no different than believing that there's like 77 genders yeah. you're you're both in the same you're both in the same camp you're both so lost. You're useless. Just get out of the way. Just get out of the way and let the adults let the adults in and do, to do something. Right. Yeah. Well, on on the on the topic of messaging, one of the one of the um, Substacks I've written that I've seen just constantly. I wrote it in Jan no in December, and still to this day, it's getting hits left and right, left and right, left and right, and it's called "They Hate You." That's all I named it. They hate you. And it's all about the lockdowns and them only sending $600 in relief and the, the, the trillions and billions of dollars going to the, the big businesses and corporations. And, it, and that's all I named it was they hate you. And people still to this day, I'm getting people reading that left and right every week. That is the number one thing I've written that people are like, Oh my God. Yes. So messaging this brings me to the the next topic which is in october of last year i recorded a podcast called why the libertarian party is not your path to liberty and though i see some flaws in in the thinking i had what my ultimate goal was is was condemning the Jorgensen campaign on their messaging and not talking to people where they are and, and talking about what people want to hear. And Trump was able in 2015 and 16 to talk to people, like promote what people wanted to hear. So Dave Smith came out with this tweet and you wrote a two-part substack to this. I want to get your kind of thoughts on this and, and how it's changed um, since you you've written that subs those uh, two uh, substacks um, with with all the stuff that's going on with the great boomer tour of uh, 2021 and all that good jazz. So Dave Smith wrote the libertarians message for 2021 in the lockdowns immediately and open the economy completely end all foreign wars end all corporate bailouts welfare audit in the Fed. Support self-defense by armed citizens against rioters and or cops. Resist the cathedral always. So he, I don't think he put those in any particular order. And I know there were some people talking about how audit or in the Fed wouldn't be so important because um, there's, there's not a lot going on on that that level but i disagree i think with all the bailouts that were paid out last year and then what we're seeing with wall street bets and the financial system talking about the fed is just important today if not more so than when ron paul was running in 2008 yeah i think talking about the fed is important but Which messaging do you think would be better? 
better received by a larger amount of people and the lockdowns now reopen the economy or end the fed mm. in the lockdowns yeah that would be that'd be my guess yeah because that's what people's most immediate concern is and yeah, that's absolutely. what they've that's what they've known for the last year Okay. Is they've known lockdowns, they've known, I mean, insanity. I was listening to it was Liberty Lockdown podcast had uh Robbie Bernstein on, mm. and they were talking about he was talking, um, a dude who runs Liberty Lockdown was talking about how yeah, he he's in the more he was in the mortgage business for years and everything, and how people have up until now. Their house can't be foreclosed upon because, you know, they just put that rule that no foreclosures and they could run it till the end of the year. He said, but no matter when they end it, houses are going to be foreclosing like crazy. It's, I mean, nobody's going to be caught up. Nobody, it, there's still going to be people whose lives are destroyed. You know, people who you know had $2,000, $2,200 a month mortgages, maybe they lost their job. Maybe they didn't. Maybe it's things are just harder. Things are more expensive Mm -hmm. and you're going to have all of this. I mean, that is, I think the messaging on the lockdowns is the fed is always going to be important because it's how you explain, you know, wealth transfers. It's how you explain how your wealth is destroyed by, by um, their policies, how that dollar, how, you know, basically, a lot of people are making the same amount of money a week that they made 20 years ago. And it's explained that way, but you really, you almost have to go in, go in the back door with that when you're talking about things that are related to it, because you want to talk about what the latest hottest topic is. You want to talk about what is really on people's minds. And that's the way you get people. You talk, you know, right now I would talk about the lockdowns. I would talk about what the government's done over the last year, lead with that, and especially talk about the messaging, the political messaging and how violent it is. Mm-hmm. You know, how the the political class and, you know, they're the people who run them in the corporate press, how violent their message is towards people who, you know, just voted all they did was pull a freaking lever or punch a card or whatever put, touch the screen whatever the hell they do i don't vote um <laughs> and that by doing that for the wrong person they're being accused of wrong think and they like need re-education and we've heard those words those, those that exact term has been used I think mm-hmm. that's the best way to reach people right now is to, I mean, what you want to do, and I hate to say it this way because it's it's really terrible, but people need to be radicalized right now. I mean, I was radicalized in the last year, and I think one of the reasons I've been able to survive it, come out, come out sane, is because I was radicalized and I just realized what they were doing. And by radicalizing, it has made me be able to see um, – see what's happening i mean clearly see what they're doing and we need to radicalize more people and i think the if you just say what what they did and what they're saying that should radicalize everyone it should radicalize every sane person i mean i know there's a lot of people out there even in the libertarian world who they aren't really interested in this message because you know they're comfortable 
they they make good money and you know they they're successful in the things that they do and if you're doing that it's kind of hard to radicalize and everything like that but you know i'm no matter how much success i have i'm always going to be that person who grew up really really dirt poor grew up in a really really shitty situation family wise and who is never comfortable and i won't be comfortable until i get to the point where i can just live my life in peace without anybody breathing down my neck right and i mean that's just who i am i mean i'm not if if i had you know if if i had eight figures at my disposal right now i would be the same exact person yeah. because i'm just not comfortable i know that they can come for you at any time Mm-hmm. And people don't realize that they don't get it through their heads. They haven't gotten it through their heads. I mean, even people that a lot of people idolize, you know, I mean, is and people look up to is just, I don't hear that messaging coming from, from a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's vital, man. I think it's, I think it's vital. They, they, they tried to kill. I mean, there were governors that murdered people this year. Mm-hmm. And murdered thousands of people this year and people don't want to hear the language of murder but it was murder yeah it was pure murder and, and then you have like that um that tranny thing that tr- that biden just appointed i mean that that thing pulled its pulled its parents or mother out of a ha- out of a a nursing home before it sent all the citizens, all the senior citizens back in to die. Yeah. Well, and all I the mean, people that, all the people that pulled their money out of uh, certain stocks in wall street right before, yeah. you know, the economy tanked because they knew what was going on. And yep. then you, I mean, you want to talk about radicalizing, then you have on top of it and, and Dave brings it up and he's talking about, you know, um, arming yourself and, and uh, citizens arming themselves in, in self-defense. Now you have HR 127, which I don't think by any stretch of the imagination it's going to pass, but it's kind of like the Green New Deal. They are setting the bar so high. So when they pull back to a half measure that it doesn't look so extreme, but here's, here's out of HR 127. Here's a, here's a paragraph out of there allows the psychologist appointed by the attorney general to make a discretionary call to investigate further, which would entail interviewing all members of your household, any spouse of the individual, any former spouse of the individual, and at least two other persons who are a member of the family or an associate of the individual to further determine the state of mental, emotional, and relational stability of the individual in relation to firearms. So it is just, they're trying to federalize red flag laws in this extreme manner that is going to lead to how many thousands or millions of Duncan limps. And they're getting families to do it to themselves. Exactly. And when you think about, and when you think about how many families have people with differing ideologies in it, you know, it's like, I mean, I'm sure my aunt in New York would love to see my guns, me not have any guns. Yeah. I'm sure she would love to see that because she is completely anti-gun. She's completely blue-pilled. She, you know, went, 
made the mistake of going to Columbia University and getting completely having her mind completely destroyed by those lunatics there. And I mean, they're going to when they talk about, you know, oh, we're going to do this, you know, to break up the family and everything like that. I mean, they all that stuff that, you know, they were talking about, oh, they're, they're just, all they have to do is look what they're doing. I mean, they even with the ascension of Trump, of Trumpism, I mean, that destroyed families. I know people who still haven't talked to like their parents since like 2016, because they either were a Trump supporter or their parents were Trump supporters. Well, and there was and, that there was the kid that um, called the FBI on his dad and uh, for for his dad's involvement in in the uh, in touring the Capitol on the sixth. Sure. And um, yeah. he he raised over one hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, I mean, the. Yeah. And I brought that up on social media and someone's like, oh, so if your dad was if your dad was a child molester, it's like you don't need to straw man. Yeah. We're not talking about that here. If my dad was if my dad, if I found out my dad was a child molester, you I would I would take care of it. We wouldn't need to call the cops. OK, yeah. <laughs> you know, no um, yeah, it's like you don't need to straw man it. It's you're getting you're creating an environment where it is okay for children to turn on their parents. The, the loyalty, like, all right, I mean, when, when, whenever you're, I mean, I'm sorry, this is just like, I have five kids and a granddaughter. So this is right. Like, this is super personal to me. Your loyalty should never be to the state above and beyond your family, your immediate family the people that you are blood related to that cared for you, that took care of you, that made sure that you had, you know, uh, an upbringing and an education. And that just really bugs the fuck out of me. Yeah. I mean, if family doesn't matter anymore, what do we got? I mean, obviously, you know, it's like, I'll go back to, all right. Let's talk about how you raise your kids. I mean, hey, that's on I the list. Let's do it. Yeah, I would have never. You know, my dad would have the way he raised us. And my dad was a complete son of a bitch. Um, I would have never turned him in if he would have done that at the Capitol. And he was a son of a bitch. You know, right. I would have liked to kick him down a flight of stairs, but I still wouldn't have done that because it's just not something you do. Right. You just don't do it. You know, it's like, I mean, I, I mean, there are some things out there, but for this you're um, another thing from the last year, you had these um, schools were shut down. Conservatives for, let's see how long since the department of education started, we need to get rid of the department of education. Then, like in the last 10 years, I don't want my kids learning Common Core. They're teaching my kid drag queen story hour. <laughs> and then when it came time to send your send for the kids to go back to school, they were begging for the government indoctrination centers to take their kids back in there. Yeah. Well, and I have I have. All right. So I have extremely like i don't know if importance the right word but like i'm very strong feelings about this okay i've heard many many different people and i'm on a name too and it doesn't i'm not disparaging dave or thaddeus russell in any way shape or, or form 
but I've heard them both talk about raising their children and not pushing their ideology down their children's throat. And this state and these statists, this, this, the, 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 the uh, academia, the cathedral, they're not holding back when it comes to trying to brainwash your children and, and turn your children against you. And it is up to parents to ensure that their children at least have an option in their choices and in their thought process and, and learn how to think critically in life. And you cannot trust your children with these people. You can't. I don't care if it's a private school. I don't care what it is. You cannot trust your children with government-approved education centers. It is up to you to ensure that your children are not sold down this road of serfdom. And, and, and that is one thing with both of them that I do disagree with. Basically, when you send your kids to that, those schools, they're concentrating on turning them into good little progressives. And these are they're going to be brainwashed to hate you, to hate their grandparents. And with the language that we've seen in the last, you know, few months, maybe they'll be the ones loading onto boxcars in 20 years for, you know, tweets that you had, you know, 20 years before. Yeah. You know, tweets that you put out this, they'll find those tweets and they'll be like, they'll turn you into the thought police. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's what they're doing to these kids. And, you know, to me, a kid who would turn his dad in for, you know, taking selfies in the Capitol is somebody that the government got a hold of is probably a parent who turned his kid over to the government to educate and then got what was coming to him. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, that's what I said. As soon as I saw that story, my first thought was, well, that's 15,000 hours of government schooling. That's exactly what it is. You know, I mean, there is no there's no way around it. You cannot put if you're not homeschooling. And I mean, homeschooling these days is I've been looking into it and talking to people for, you know, for the last six months, a year. It's become so easy. It's become so People are, they have these pods where even if one, even if parents, both parents have to go to work, they drop them off at a friend's house and they just have, you know, they have all these, there are all these courses out there now that are you know supposed to be exciting, not boring, really helpful. And I mean, why would you put your kids in that school? I know you're getting forced to pay for it. I know you're being taxed to pay for it, but so what? I mean, I'd pay if I had a kid, I'd pay just so that kid wouldn't go there. Right. I'd I'd put up the money to to make sure they didn't go there. Well, that's what you're doing. Consider it like that. I'm still I'm paying taxes. So, you know, I want to No, just do it. Just consider it a loss. Call it a loss. Call it. I'm paying them so that the kid doesn't go there. Well, and make sure the kid gets educated somewhere else. Well, at least in Texas, I mean, all, the only the the taxes that go to paying for for the education system for the schools is uh, comes out of um, your um, uh, property tax. So yeah. just wait to buy a piece of property until your kid's out of school. 
you know, yeah. it doesn't even you matter do that, though. Yeah. But even, even, if, even once your kid's out of school, once you're paying that property tax, that money is going to the school system. There's nothing yeah. you can do about it. So what are you going to just not own property? I mean, I guess you could live your life like that if that's how you choose to live. But I mean, you, you gotta move to move to an area that you're not, you know, that, that the education system isn't completely and totally fucked you know i live in a yeah. I, I live in a town of two thousand people you know so i know the i know the school system may not be the best school system but I, at the same time i know if the kids that are going there aren't completely and totally brainwashed to whatever to what the woke culture is teaching them nowadays yeah. And I think something else that's really important that you touched on there was, you know, if you're paying property tax, you're contributing to public education. And, you know, I had Carrie McDonald on my podcast uh, a week ago, a couple of weeks ago, and, you know, she's she's a ra radical unschooler. But, you know, she come she you know, she writes for Cato. She she's written for reason. So she comes off as, you know, she she's not a bomb thrower like I am. Right. And I respect, and I respect that, but I posed the question to her. I said, look, I said, you know, libertarians are about choice. So it's like, Oh, okay. So, you know, if you want to, if you want to send your kids to school for the government school, that's fine and everything. And I said, I don't know if, if we can suffer choice in this scenario, because if we are living in a world where people vote, and people's vote affects you. We can't suffer government schools existing. We can't because it's always going to be an effect on us. It means that the majority of the people who are going to be around us are still going to be suffering from this disease. You know, and you know, and, until we can come to some kind of panarchy where you know it's like maybe I have a different government than that I subscribe to than my neighbor, until it comes to that, I mean, th these schools need to be burned down. I mean, raised. I mean, just destroyed. Uh, and I, I'm not going to step back from that. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. You know, the first argument, people, well, I can't afford it. Yeah, you can't. You can't afford not to. You can't afford not to. I mean, at this point, those schools are the. Those schools are the main instrument of turning, of making sure that forever wars happen, making sure that taxation goes on forever, making sure that there's control, that the media has control over your mind, making sure that you think that everyone needs high, everyone needs to go to college, uh, making sure that you think that you can't survive without big tech. That's all coming from the government schools. So right. they have to be destroyed. I mean, they, they're, that would be one of my, one of the first things that I would do would be to destroy government schools. Mm -hmm. If I had, if I had a chance. Right. Well, and I'm, I'm going to get on to another, another one of my uh, bullet points here is, is culture. And another big thing in reaching children is culture. I mean, you made your way into the libertarian movement and, and building, building your brand off of a cultural issue, making memes. You know, I've been writing short stories since I was in my thirties. I started writing poetry when I was like 14. Um, there's Maj Touré, 
who who was a rapper for a while um i don't know if he's still into music um eric july who's into music he he plays in the band backwards um uh phil labonte uh, you have the Tuttle Twins series, which is a children's series um, uh, of, of books. And, and so there's all these ways that we can involve ourselves in culture and reach children in different ways. And it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, in your face political. You can, you, you can describe, you can get into the, the creating of culture in so many different ways you know, that that is a s- extremely important point that a lot of libertarians overlook and libertarians, a lot of them are creative people, you know, and so we really need to pr- promote those people who are creating podcasts, memes, books, music, all these different things and, 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 and make sure that we're supporting those people that are involving themselves in the culture. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the culture is, I think a lot of libertarians got red pilled on how important the culture was when Trump got elected. And um, yeah, I mean, the only way you're going to do it is you got to change the culture. I mean, you, what did Breitbart say that politics is downstream from culture? Once the culture changes, um, you know, yeah. I mean, it's, it's so important. People don't realize it. And one of the big problems with culture is, and I know a lot of these blue-pilled libertarians just don't see it because they're blue-pilled, is that it has nothing to do with personal culture. You know, So if you have a libertarian, someone joining the libertarian party who is like a hardcore Catholic or a hardcore Christian or something like that, um, who doesn't believe in gay marriage, yeah. it's, it's just that it's not as important as the culture of liberty the culture of leave me the hell alone. Right. I mean, there are, I mean, there are things personally that I don't really talk about that I'm completely against that are legal that the libertarian party is for. Um, and I'm just not going to, because, because I'm, I care more about the political. And I think that you know, if people would just be given more liberty, then people could separate and they could go into groups and do what they want and be be around like-minded people. I have no problem with that. Right. But um, people really need to get a handle on the culture. And you know, one of the things that always bothered me about like the more alt-righty types was they would argue about like anti-immigration that you know, well, the United States has a culture of liberty, and I'm like, just stop right there. Just stop right there. No, they don't. Chad, who lives in the East Village in New York, does not share a culture with like Jonathan, who lives in Salt Lake City. Yeah, I'm sorry. That is it's a terrible argument. Um, it, it's a garbage argument. And you're really showing how low IQ you are when you start making arguments like that. This mm-hmm. country has never and Thaddeus has done a great job of showing this, especially in his book, in his book, uh, Renegade History of the United States. Mm-hmm. This country has never had one culture. It's had several cultures and that goes to personal liberty cultures. It also goes to political cultures. Right. It's always been fighting. You know, it's like, I mean, one of the things that the founder, a lot of the founders, the smartest founders, they didn't want parties. They don't want political parties, but they got it quickly. 
Yeah. I mean, fast, you know, especially with once you got outside of, uh, you know, once you had that constitutional coup to get rid of the Articles of Confederation, which was the legal document, and they brought in that illegal document, the Constitution, which basically opened the door for all of that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, no, and people, people need to be, and this goes back to the parenting. I, I had these two bullet points switch, but it works either way. It goes back to the parenting. You have to be aware of the information that your children are putting in their brains. Like, what are they putting in their heads? You know, and before I was politically involved and even like remotely aware, you know, politically, I, I had my children. I, I started having my kids when I was young and I was ignorant to much of the stuff I'm aware of now. And I'm like, oh my God, I fucked up here. I fucked up there. I fucked up here. But I look at my kids and I'm just like, man, I got got fucking lucky. (laughs) I got fucking lucky. You know, my youngest son and my youngest son is, is more uh, into agorism than I am. You know, he's been, he, he's been running around in the gray market at school, getting suspended from school and this, that, and the other for selling candy bars, you know? (laughs) And I'm like, whatever and he just texted me the other day he's like dad i finally got enough money to to buy a vending machine and i'm like that's awesome you know like great i'm glad i'm glad that even though i was never an entrepreneur that you have that free spirit and you're willing to take those chances at such a young age so you can make your mistakes early and you know become successful you know uh my daughter is is doing much of the same thing she has a a one-year-old and she's in college full-time so she's operating uh, an agorous lifestyle to where she makes the majority of the income that she makes comes from beauty products that she makes at home you know and i'm like that's that's fucking awesome i'm proud of you like i can't be more proud that you were able to figure these things out you know in almost in parallel with me without even being really aware of the political repercussions of what's going on, you just understood that, you know, I had to create my own thing if I wanted something. And, you know, I really appreciate that, you know? So I, I'm, I, I'm, I lucked out in that manner, but not every parent is lucky enough to have that rebellious spirit running through their children. Yeah, man. Agorism is one of the ways forward. Um, I don't, look at just one way to solve problems now um there are many ways to uh, that we're going to have to fight this you know i was saying for a while in a reactionary sense in 2020 that agorism was the only way forward i don't believe that i think that we've just basically reached the point where we have to throw shit up against the wall and see what see what sticks so you know podcasting agorism libertarian party uh trying to take that over and everything everything at this point but i think agorism for the future is the future because you know we saw supply lines disrupted we saw stuff that was off the shelves for you know for months there's still stuff that hasn't come back um agorism is the way to go man and the fact that your kids just picked up on it naturally um that's awesome um i grew up in a in in an agorist environment you know we bought a lot of stuff um off the streets and you know stuff that quote unquote fell off the back of a truck so i have no problem with that but um 
once I saw it as a, a viable strategy for going forward, I don't think it's the only strategy. I'll reiterate that a hundred thousand times, but um, oh yeah, oh yeah. I think agora. Anyone who's getting ready to a practice practice agorism, especially gray market stuff, is going to be. Um, it's really the one of the ways to go forward, going forward to be able to even supplement your income, but also serve mankind. If you're one of those people who's like, oh, I want to serve my fellow man. I think coming up with Agora strategies and coming up with things that they can, um, that people can, um, you know, that, that are, people are going to need and be able to supply, then um, yeah, that, I think, I think it's the way, go, it's the way going forward. And uh Good on your kids, man. You didn't even have to teach them and they learned it. Yeah, lucky me. <laughs> but, you know, well, and it's not only good for moving forward for your fellow man. You know, this is something that one of the things I've heard in the last couple of weeks and, you know, 50 Cent brought it up whenever he said he was going to vote for Trump were, were, was the amount of taxes that we were going to be able to pay. So this teaches people a way they can go about their lives. And a lot of people are, are kind of intimidated by new words. So just to break it down for the, the person who's not familiar with agorism, agorism is basically like operating for cash under the table or anything that is outside of the scope of government, right? So if you're bartering, trading, working for cash, you're participating in agorism. And this is great for poor communities, you know, that to, to understand the ins and outs of agorism. A lot of these people take care of themselves through the black market, whether it's selling guns or drugs or whatever, uh, shade tree mechanics, we've brought that up several thousand times. Um, and and it, it helps you avoid the incessant tax rates uh, in places like New York City or New Jersey or wherever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. 100%. I know that um, I know a lot of people in New York this year and places, especially places that were locked down as hard as that were practicing agorism. So um, good on them. It was good to hear. And I think it is, I think it's going to be something going forward that we're going to see a lot more of, I mean, people love, people love to practice agorism. They just don't know what it's called. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. So you were, you mentioned shade tree mechanics, things like that. I mean, always, always. So. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, I think it's important that we start that each of us starts learning a secondary skill. You know, yeah. I'm a truck driver, but you know, one of the things I'm reading on is aquaponics. And after I'm done reading on aquaponics, you know, I'll start reading on plumbing or construction or something like that. So that I have that opportunity to offer people in my region that, that kind of um, service under the table where they might not be able to afford hiring a contractor, you know, and yeah. I think, it's, I think it's extremely important and you're involved in what's called freedom sales. You want to give a brief explanation about that before we jump off here? Sure. Some of us who, um, you know, who are like-minded around here in Atlanta, uh, we're actually having a, a call tonight. We're, um, you know, coming together, basically treating it, treating it like a mutual aid society, um, you know, one of us gets in trouble or gets targeted by the government. We come to each other's aid, um, even talks of, you know, if people really get targeted, helping people get out of the country and things like that. So, um, yeah, you know, communications, you know, we have ways to, we're building ways to communicate that are outside of the realm of, uh, 
you know, we're not, we don't have to use cell phones, don't have to use the government, what the government um, says we have to use. So, yeah, yeah we're um, Freedom Cells is really smart. Good thing that John Bush came up with. Did you, uh, did you um, organize your Freedom Cell through the website? Freedom, what is it? Freedomcell.org. Is that it? Uh, the good thing about mine is I didn't organize it at all. It already existed. I just joined it. <laughs> you just joined <laughs> Yeah. So it was, yeah, that was cool. It was like, I'm, you know, it's like people would think, Oh, you're the one you can't No, no, I just joined it. I'm just a member. I, and I like it. Be, I like being in that way. Yeah. Just, I'm just a member, you know, and um, yeah, no pressure, no pressure on me. Yeah, I have, well, too much, I have too much pressure and too that's many. That's what I was gonna say. Going you have enough pressure on you. People expect a lot out of you, man, including myself. But that's that's because we love you, man, and we love hearing your message. Uh, if, if y'all haven't listened to Free Man Beyond the Wall, you have to start listening to Free Man Beyond the Wall. Pete has been on fucking fire for the last year. He's had some great guests on, uh, Vin Armani, um, Bird. The, the series that you've been doing with Bird is incredible i i can't recommend it more so plug whatever you got to plug man i know you got to get going um the monopoly on violence.com that's where our documentary that is now streaming on amazon prime the monopoly on violence is um we are crowdfunding for a new documentary that we're going to be doing on the police if you go to indiegogo america's police crisis you, you can see how you can uh get involved there and free man beyond the wall Substack is called by any memes necessary pequeñones.substack.com and libertarian institute and uh, i have a bunch of places and uh, you know patreon <laughs> subscribe star and um yeah and, and i have a a web page it's uh freemanbeyondthewall.com forward slash support where you can see where you can support my work and how you can do it. Yeah, I'll link I'll link up to all that stuff for you, man. All right. Well, I am going to shut the recording. All right, man. Just a slave. All your good intentions took you to your grave. Your pride is how they killed you. With the flag you wave, just like a fool. They promised you a mountain, gifted you a stone. They demanded that you throw it into your neighbor's home and then seize all that they worked for and give it to the throne just like a tool. Well, as we all just stand in line and glorify new ways of being cruel. Seems to me humanity is not something that they're teaching us in school. They dumbs down all around propaganda, their pollution. They set a cage up on the stage, a facade for a solution. They build a wall, block them all from this mental institution. It's insane. Their people, 
clean drink of water Well, you must say pretty please It's all a game As we all just stand in line And justify these crimes done in our names Seems to me authority and tyranny Are both one and the same Thank you.